happy Monday. This week, we poke around skincare, not just as a regimen, but we get down to the skin and bones of why it's been made so important. And it's not just skin deep. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this intensive episode of Beauty Reform School. You stumbled across Beauty Reform School, the podcast that explores beauty, style, reinvention, self-care, all from the perspective of the outside looking in. We pick apart the classics so you can confidently break the mold. And I'm your host, Bad Bad PJ Brown, the artist, the educator, the retail grunt, the problem child, the one who's done it the hard way for decades and now... I'm passing the savings on to you. So bring me your tired, your confused, your weirdos, your others yearning to breathe free. And if this sounds like you, grab your pen and grab your scratch pad. And let's figure this crap out together. Right here at Beauty Reform School. many tacks to brass, but we do have a big one. Katanji Brown Jackson. Congratulations. And well-deserved. And in the words of Forrest Gump, that is all I have to say about that. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, and follow. Please do. I know it's a pain, but it keeps us alive. Quiet as it's kept, I'd be content to continue doing this podcast forever. Just for us, you know? but I'd like us to thrive as well. Speaking of which, if you are looking for a way to be part of the process, we have one for you. And lastly, did you know that you could have a beauty consultant at your fingertips? Well, you can. I've had a few people ask me about consultations and advice, and I have good news. Beauty Reform School now has a Patreon. Different tiers will give you different opportunities. You can contribute in small ways to offer support and help fund the production of the podcast, or you can contribute in larger ways and book one of the consultations with yours truly from everything from natural tutorial consultations to brand recommendations, troubleshooting, and advice. My very favorite is the mirror consultation where I will walk you through step-by-step how to do a particular beauty application. I'll even demonstrate as we go. Your support will provide much needed things like helping with production costs, equipment, and hopefully one day being able to hire more staff. More staff leads to more services and hopefully one day, even live shows. So go on over to patreon.com and sign up if you can. Did I mention you get a shout out on the podcast? Well, you do. Resources for today's episode are from abc.net and racked.com. Now, without further ado, Let's get on with the episode. Dermatologist and acne specialist, Dr. Joanne C. says most people 
shouldn't need to spend that much money and definitely not before talking to a pharmacist or a doctor first. That's regarding skincare. The most expensive thing is not always the best, she says. Dr. C says it can be as simple as a cleanser and a sunscreen. It's frightening how much people spend on it, she says. She's also skeptical about at-home treatments that haven't been tested scientifically, like some LED masks and expensive creams. Beauty journalist Amy Clark says it's best to shop for your budget because there are some good inexpensive options. I wouldn't say there's any reason to spend beyond your means and it's a privilege to be able to have the means to spend on something like skincare, but there's definitely options for every budget. Mm -hmm. Let's keep that in mind. And where does COVID-19 come into it? Like most aspects of life, the pandemic has also impacted our skin and we've had more time on our hands to fret about it. Stress does play a role, I believe, in acne, Dr. C says. Certainly in areas where people haven't been able to see their friends, there is a degree of stress. The other thing is sometimes routines fly out the window because every day is the same. Amen. A lot of us have also been wearing masks for hours at end at work, leading to the dreaded mask name. Dr. C says changing your mask, if it's getting sweaty and washing reusable face coverings after every wear to avoid bacteria buildups is the way to go. Browsing online beauty stores and trying out new things have also been something people can do from the comfort of their home. I think because of COVID, sales have boomed because people had a lot of time to look online. They didn't have to go all out because it was delivered to them. So let's break that down a bit. And before I do, I wanted to point out that one of my favorite easy ways of cleaning my masks is just taking a basin, putting hotter than you can stand water in it, putting in a little OxyClean, putting in a little detergent, Um, running it around a little bit, allowing it to soak. I tend to do it, let it soak overnight or let it soak, you know, if I come in from work and do it immediately, then by the end of the night, you would be amazed and disgusted at the amount of debris and dirt that comes out of your mask every single day. It's the pollution in the air. It's all the kinds of things, not to mention your facial oils and dirt that gets trapped in the fabric of those reusable masks. That's actually very helpful because you may not have time to clean your mask every day. It it depends on how many you have. It depends on how busy you are and how everything, how all, all the pistons are firing and how everything works. So it's, it's a good fallback, um, for that. And I will, I hate to, you know, be the fly in the ointment, but even if you uh, use a disposable mask under your regular mask, um, parts of that mask are still going to rub up against parts of your face, you know, and let's not even, that's not even uh, 
mentioning like the ear loops and things that you know are across your ears people get have been getting acne behind the ear people have been getting it you know on the, their temples and under the chin and all kinds of places so food for thought you know and let's call a thing a thing stress is still very much a part of our daily lives the pandemic is moving into an endemic so while we are going through the motions of getting back to normal quote unquote the normal we were trying to get back to is gone for good and we are now acclimating to our new normal one of the biggest parts of that new normal regarding skincare is the fact that a lot of us are still indeed wearing masks mask mandates are coming back in certain places <sighs> something very interesting happened to me the other day while I'm at work, I usually wear a face mask. And while I was in a rush, or a face screen actually, and while I was in a rush, my when my workday started, I forgot to put it on. I helped a few customers and one of my regulars said to me, oh, you're not wearing your mask anymore? It was the first time I had worn a mask in public, in a public space. And I felt very exposed all of a sudden and frankly, a little embarrassed. I quickly explained that I forgot to put it on in the rush of opening and proceeded to put it on immediately. But half of the people didn't have a mask on who were around me. And thanks to my ADHD and being a quintessential introvert, I felt very called out. After the moment passed, I realized that a lot of people are still very committed to wearing masks, myself included but that wearing masks still creates a problem. The dreaded mask knee that we mentioned. And if you haven't already listened to it, you can feel free to listen to the season two, episode 44 mask knee episode right here at Beauty Reform School. And if you don't have time to listen to it uh, right now, a quick wrap up was that extended use of a mask creates a human environment for your face, hence the perfect place to build bacteria and yes, eventually breakouts. And it's good to be hyper vigilant and cleanse your face thoroughly when you come home at the end of the day. But some people feel the effects of this more than others. Even I have found myself breaking out a lot more than I usually would. And so skincare comes to the forefront once again in my day to day. Sure, if you listen to any of our episodes, you know we believe in skincare. This episode, though, is more about the cult-like fascination with it. And there are a few things that stand out to me about that. One, status. And two, fear of aging. And I'll even throw in an honorable mention. Love and dating. And when it comes to status, skincare, just like fashion, even cars have become a status symbol. Using certain products gives you the feeling that you've arrived in some way, that you attained a certain lifestyle. It's even in the branding. Lower price points usually show you an average bathroom than dashing out to do average activities, while higher price points show you doing your routines in prime real estate surrounded by beautiful vistas and designer clothing. 
even if we're not fully aware of it. I think we buy into that quite a bit. At least I know I have. Studies have shown if a price point is too low, most people won't trust it. Upping the price gives a false sense that the product is rare and unattainable. Therefore, it must be effective. Thankfully, there have been a boon of skincare products that are making that less true. While making skincare more affordable to the, quote, average person, end quote. The other thing is exclusivity, or as I like to say, exclusion. Knowing you have something that someone else doesn't makes you feel good. It sounds terrible when I say it like that, right? But a huge part of American culture is I'm going to get mine. I don't care if you get yours. Insinuating that you need a 10-step skincare routine in order to be able to achieve healthy skin is a part of that. Yes, it does take several ingredients to make a cake. And if you miss some, it's not going to turn out right. But that's not exactly the case for skin. Don't believe me? How many of you have had aunts and grandparents that use the same two products every day on their skin for their entire lives and aged graceful as hell? I rest my case. I probably will use some of the products they used, knowing what I know. Nah. Not, not anymore. <laughs> I mean, see Pond's cold cream and things like that. But the funny part about that is that their skin has got used to it, apparently. And it worked for them. And there's a lot of factors, and we've talked about this before, but genetics, DNA, all that kind of thing has a lot to do with how your skin responds to certain products and certain ingredients. Just period. And even when you are using a certain product for some, for a long period of time, sometimes your skin gets used to it and then it doesn't, the product doesn't perform the same way it did when you began. So these are all things to think about, right? And some habits are very hard to break. You might say that it's been ingrained in us to look out for that sleek gold label. And as for aging, it has been something that has been a facet since the dawn of advertising. And why is that? Wrinkles have been the monster under our beds for decades. How far we've come. It wasn't long ago, but wrinkles indicated wisdom, experience, integrity, and trust. Now... They are to be feared and avoided at all costs. Why? Because with wrinkles comes erasure. If you have wrinkles, you have to turn in your beautiful card. You are no longer considered desirable, sexy, or relevant. No? You don't agree? then why does skincare and beauty products always promise to eliminate or diminish them? I think you know why.
The phrase cult favorite is deeply evocative. It suggests mystery and obsession and even a little bit of madness, which makes sense in the beauty space, which promises products so powerful that they can transform our very skin. Everything about beauty has an air of unattainability to it. Everything is a little mystical and we're always in pursuit of something. That was Brennan Kilbane, a senior writer at Allure and a former Into the Gloss editor. Now that's part, in part, because the phrase has evolved over time. It originated in a pre-internet era when models and makeup artists would get hooked on Parisian drug store products or Korean essences you legitimately couldn't find in the US. Then cult, wait, oh, then cult often did mean secret or at least hard to know about, much less find. It was imbued with the glamour of insider knowledge. It had the air of the savvy and the well-traveled. The potential stigma of drugstore mascara washes away when it's from a French drugstore or either, or even just bathed in the approval of professionals. It attains some sort of the glow of celebrity merely by association. I think there are two categories of products that can fall into cult territory, says Stephanie Saltzman, a beauty editor at Fashionista. Established ones have been around for years and have maintained a steady buzz around them. And then the ones that are niche, alternative, or aspirational slash exclusive in some way. Cult beauty products are the ones people are constantly saying they swear by and buy in bulk just in case they ever get discontinued. You aren't joining everyone, mind you. You're joining others like you whose beauty journeys, particular needs, and discerning discerning tastes have led them to this singular thing. This value is largely cultural and immaterial. It derives as much from those professionals associations with celebrity or status as celebrities themselves as from the presumption that there are people who know their field deeply. Makeup artists swearing by something assures us that these products, you know, work. It's easy to write off beauty as frivolous, but studies have shown that wearing makeup has a material effect on how women are perceived, hired, and paid on the job. A status lip kit looks great on an Instagram selfie, but if the color washes you out at a professional interview or a date, it's not going to go in a regular rotation. Let's just be honest. This question of utility means that brand functions differently in beauty than they do in fashion. An ill-fitting or unflattering garment can still bear a giant Gucci logo alerting observers that it was expensive and that its wearer has the access and the cash to shop designer. But as long as your lipstick doesn't feather or fade, other people won't know whether it's CoverGirl or Chanel. This interest in thriftiness and utility, which has allowed drugstore finds international and not to become cult classics, feels deeply tied to the history of how women interact with labor, effort, and money 
particularly when it comes to our traditional realms of the personal and the domestic. A housewife's job was to figure out how to stretch whatever budget she was handed to make her husband feel good when he came home at the end of each day. To a well-kept woman and a well-kept house and a dinner fit for a king. She figured out how to use what she had to make life look effortless and feel luxe. Beauty carries on this tradition. We are proud when we can use very little to look like a lot. It reframes what we might what might be seen as frivolous and wasteful as instead practical and resourceful. We use whatever we use, crushed berries and shoe polish, aquaphor and Vaseline serums and essences to make the appearance which is actually what matters. Women are not the only people who wear makeup, but we are the only people who are expected and in some situations required to do so. And so the language of beauty is, in many ways, a language of sisterhood, the way we have found to talk to each other about the work we aren't supposed to call work. Which brings us to a very interesting thought, comment, what have you. Um, if, hmm, how shall I put this? Okay. I'm not going to mince words with y'all because, you know, that's not what we do. When it comes to that employee handbook, and, you know, this is a burn my saddle. This is something I talk about a lot. But when it comes to that, that fa infamous beauty handbook and the requirements of how you're supposed to be, how, how you're supposed to dress for work, there's always some ghost of a thing or sometimes it's blatant that comes out to tell you that you need to wear makeup they say that you must be quote well groomed they say that you must look professional they say that you must do all these things which is just code for if you're a lady you better wear some makeup because we don't want you looking homely like you just rolled out of bed when you get in here that's what it means and so we've all been ingrained from a very young age that we have to have some sort of relationship with makeup if we like it or not. Even women who don't wear foundation or concealer tend to wear um, mascara at work or some sort of lipstick or tinted lip balm or something at work. Even the ones who do it with a fight who don't want to do it they found some sort of quote unquote something that will pass for makeup just so they can pass muster at work if their job requires that you know ellipses if their job so happens to require that but they they learn to play the game in one shape or form of another and that's just the way that it is it should not be that way and I've said that many many times and it trickles all the way down to what you wear, how you style your hair. There's so many things that women are required to do. Most times in the case of male presenting people, they will say your hair must be neat, which is just code for getting a haircut. Don't grow your hair too long, gentlemen. But there's always something. Side note, if I'm going to go off on a tear, um, <laughs> I've always said this and it is true. 
half the time, aside from uh, misogyny and, you know, trying to make women and femmes and present women, presenting women, um, female presenting people do certain things, um, half of it was always what I always say that, that one asshole, right? It was always that one person. Like, it all started with that one person. It started with that one woman who refused to shave her legs. And then all of a sudden, they, they found some sort of verbiage in the handbook that said that women have to either wear tights or stockings or they have to shave, groom their legs. They'll, they'll use some sort of legalese so they won't get sued, that they can sneak on by and say, oh, you have to do that. And there's always that, there was that one woman who didn't shave her underarms and had a tank top on one day on and just one day and then someone some customer made a comment or something and then all of a sudden tank tops were banned because they were like oh you can't tell people they can't they have to shave their underarms they can't do that so then okay no tank tops then even if it's the heat of the summer i don't care you can't wear a tank top so there's that there's that one asshole rule every time and it always comes it always happens because somebody did something that somebody didn't like and therefore they made that asshole rule that you have to then suddenly do something ridiculous because of because they did they didn't like it so therefore they made that rule yeah so that's that's the thing and i think that that also had a thread in you know in what happened as well and it got to a point where they were like oh that lady was homely we didn't like how she looked therefore she needs to throw some makeup on so therefore they made that rule somewhere that said from now on ladies have to wear makeup at least have on some lipstick and some mascara or something do something you know and I, in the beauty industry the rule is, compl- is a lot different where they're just like yeah you have to wear makeup because we sell makeup so you gotta wear makeup and it just makes sense like you know you gotta you gotta show off the merchandise and you gotta do this and that and the other so therefore you must wear makeup all right i can't you know i can't argue with that i mean i could i could argue with anything let's be honest who am i kidding but i'll give you that one for now i don't believe it but i'll give you that one Because my thing is, yeah, I can see if you're trying to show a certain thing off, then yeah, it does help to have visual aids and it does help to show the customer like, oh, this makeup does it. But let's be honest, half the time the makeup you're wearing isn't even from the place. Let's be honest. Because when a makeup artist has to maintain that look all the time, and they have to maintain it every single day, they're going to run out. They're not going to have all the samples or whatever anymore. They have to mix and match. They're using some things from home. They're using some things they were given. They're using all kinds of things. And so the look that you're seeing on that person probably isn't attained from every single thing that you see in the store anyway. But yeah, you can replicate it though. You can use what you have to do something similar. But that's not, we don't talk about that though. We don't talk about that. (laughs) So let's break it down. What is the bare minimum? Hmm? Bare minimum. What is it? Okay. Cleanse your face. Use sunscreen. 
Moisturize is needed. Exfoliate is needed. There you go. Do these at your discretion, but most of all, do them with intention. Don't do your skincare in the name of keeping up with the Joneses. Do skincare in the name of taking care of your skin. You know, as the title implies. Cleanse your skin to wash off the day and to keep the oils, environmental pollutants, and debris from setting into your skin. Use sunscreen to minimize sun damage and harmful UV rays. Moisturize to return hydration to your skin. And exfoliate to remove dead skin cells and avoid clogging of pores. Practicing these steps keeps your skin healthy, no matter what your tax bracket is or how many wrinkles you have. That's it. That's the episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I certainly enjoyed creating it for you. If you haven't already liked, subscribed, and followed, please do so. I know it can be a task, but again, it helps keep us alive in the algorithm. And as always, I'm looking for enthusiasts and creatives to talk to. I love bringing their stories to you. If you have someone in mind you think I love talking to, you can do that in one of three ways. Facebook, Instagram, or you can go right to the source at beautyreformschool.com. And thank you so much for your listenership. And thank you in advance for your listenership in the future. And pencils down. Class is dismissed. And I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.